Listeners are encouraged to attend to their own well-being in the service of engaging bravely and honestly. Welcome to Confessions in Session. Be comfortable within yourself by knowing your body, understanding boundaries and healthy relationships. Welcome to Confessions in Session, podcast episode five, Sexual Attraction, with Jax and Jamie. Sexual attraction is an attraction on the basis of sexual desire or the quality of arousing such interest. Sexual attractiveness or sex appeal in an individual's ability to attract other people sexually and is a factor in sexual selection or mate choice. Go ahead. Okay. So, God damn it, I'm doing it again. When we think, uh, hold on, let me got myself down. Five, four, three, two. When we think about sexual attraction, when it comes to males, we are usually visually attracted. That's why there's so much porn. I know that sounds kind of corny, but when you really think about it, it's kind of true. Women are more audio. They are more attracted to voices. Men with deep voices do tend to get a lot more women. I've noticed myself that when I deepen my voice, to something like this, it tends to get women's attention. Why did that just send chills up my fucking spine? Stop it. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry, Jack. Attraction comes in many forms. However, depending on the person is how we're going to look and see how that attraction works. Again, with men, it's visual. We do everything from video seeing a naked woman in front of us may turn us on a little bit, you know, pop something, something pops up. And again, with women, it really does depend also on the woman, because you can have a woman who thinks you have a wonderful voice, and then you have another woman who thinks you're the most annoying motherfucker in the world. Facts. Right? <laughs> and my biggest thing is that with, a, with sexual attraction, myself... I am sapiosexual, which means that I am attracted to intelligence. If you can carry on a conversation with me about anything, I despise small talk, however. It is a one of my biggest pet peeves. I don't want to say little things. Tell me your dreams. Tell me your nightmares. Tell me everything that is you. I want to know who you are. I want to know what makes you, you. And to me, that coincides with being sapiosexual. If you can prove to me that you're intelligent, you already have me on the hook. Right. I'm also sapiosexual. And I actually found like um, a good description of it. It says the meaning of this slang term can be used as an adjective, meaning that there is a finding of being sexually aroused by a mind or wisdom. If it's used as a noun, then it simply means a person who is sexually aroused by intelligence. I like that. I really do like that term. I like that. That's. I think that's actually pretty accurate for me. I mean, not that I'm going to get a hard on, but it makes me want to be like, okay, I'm going to try my best to fuck this person. And I mean, I don't mean to be crass about it, but I mean, that's pretty much what it's going to happen. You know, it's. I'm going to try my best to see what I can do about getting and hooking up with this person. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little bit of facts about sapiosexuals. Uh, Sapiosexuals are attracted to people who have an inquisitive mind, 
In other words, they are turned on by somebody's brain. They crave philosophical, political, and psychological discussions with both partners and friends. I typically don't talk politics with people, only if I know that they're not going to get too heated about it, right? Same. I'm actually anti-establishment, which means I think both sides are completely fucked in the head. That's facts. Sapiosexuals often date librarians, teachers, professors, and other individuals who are associated with institutions. So now I know why my dating life sucks, because I don't date any of those people. Uh, I tend to date the bad boy tattooed up (laughs) type of guys. So there's my problem. And mine are either psycho, fat, or fat and psycho, depending on the woman. That's the three types of women I I tend to kind of attract. It's not anything bad. I mean, with the exception of my ex-wife, she was neither one of those. So, you know, good girl. Sapiosexuality doesn't have to just refer to sexuality. It can also mean the preferred company a sapiosexual keeps around. Like, for instance, you and I, we're not sexually attracted to each other, but we like communicating with each other because we have a like mind and we're both intelligent people. And it's like I said before, am I attracted to you? No, but I do find you attractive, which is you can find somebody attractive and not be attracted to them. I found myself very attracted to people, but it all depends on the intelligence that they show me. Right. Women, women I do find attractive are dumber than a fucking box of rocks. Oh my god, same. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you're 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 beautiful. It's like, honey, you're beautiful, but you're dumber than a bucket of hair. Please stop talking. Bucket of but, hair. That's a first. Yes. I've heard no, that. You've never heard that one. I, oh god. I, you know, I was thinking I, you were gonna say box of rocks, but you went with a bucket god. of hair. Holy shit. I'm like, it's. It, it, there's been times where I've been talking to women through fet life and through tender, but I'm just it, it's we get down to brass tacks and it's like I I can't talk to you anymore. You're just too fucking stupid. And it's nothing. I, I don't say that out loud. That's what my brain is thinking because that's how my brain <laughs> is. I, I, I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. And it's not that I ghost them, but I don't talk to them as often. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I talk to them when I feel like it. And I know that sounds brutal and I know that sounds mean, but if I'm not attracted to you, I don't want to hurt your feelings and say I'm not attracted to you. But I think sometimes that helps. And I do have a lot of friends that I'm like that with. We have hooked up once or twice. We know that we can't be together. But they also know how I am. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing with like people who are a little bit on the more intelligent side. Like we, it's not that we want to make fun of you for not being as God smart no. as us. Because God, I I know that I am not the smartest person out there. There's, you know, I've seen videos of fucking teenagers that are smarter than me. I'm like, how do they come up with that? But um, I know I'm not the smartest person, but somebody who's not on my intelligence level, I never want to make you feel like you're already dumber than you are or more dumb than you are. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to be very tactful and tasteful in the way that I let you down. You know, I'm not Mm going to be like, God, fucking get better. Learn grammar, you know? (laughs) Um, Exactly. Sapiosexuality may have roots in somebody's childhood, 
meaning that certain events in one's childhood could have been a catalyst for what they crave in a partner. And I, mm-hmm. I honestly think that mine comes back to my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Rhodes. <laughs> I know he's not listening to this, so it's okay to say his name. Um, oh, there you go. So I, he like, <laughs> oh, now I'm stumbling. Um, so he, I guess whenever he was in college and high school, like he was a football player, right? Oh, nice. And, but like he had this physique about him you know most male teachers like a little flumpy you know whatever but he was like had this physique he always wore like these nice like fucking um <laughs> i can't even think of what they're called because i'm like whoo anyway or like track outfits no i'm talking about like um pants like suit pants but they're not suit pants what are they called <laughs> Uh, I can't trousers, even... slacks. Slacks. <laughs> Is that the word you were looking for? Right on, right on. Because now I'm all flustered thinking about them. Okay. So I think that, like, <laughs> that's where mine comes from is because, you know, I was so used to, like, female teachers or, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, flumpy kind of male teachers. Uh, whereas, you know, here comes this fifth grade teacher right around the almost the peak of my you know coming into my sexuality and my hormones and everything so he hit right at the perfect time and i feel like that's probably where my sapiosexual comes from is you know that introduced it in such an early age like oh my god this guy is so smart like you know my hormones are starting to go yeah so i think Mm. that that's where mine comes from Mine, I would say, probably happened in junior high or what they call middle school some places. Mm-hmm. I had a crush on a girl. I didn't know she was intelligent, but she wasn't like, quote unquote, one of the attractive girls. She didn't wear makeup. She didn't wear, uh, she didn't do her hair a lot, but I found myself attracted to her and I couldn't figure out why. But then I started later on in life, I look back on it and it was because she was fucking smart. Yeah. She always, and she would always include me in conversations, even though the kids that she hung out with were really, really smart. And I was, I wasn't one of the dumb kids, but she was surprised at my intelligence. And she was like, you know, why do you hide that intelligence? And it's, it, I keep telling her it's because I don't want people to feel stupid. I look back on that and it's that I was more worried about everybody else, but this girl had it fucking figured out on me. She knew, but I didn't realize what attracted me to her most was her fucking intelligence. Yeah. Later on in life, I'm, I looked her up on Facebook. She's got a great family or, you know, everything else is going good for her. And she said back then it was actually, we didn't know we had a crush on each other. Aww, that's we didn't so cute. know, yeah, right? It, it was like, why didn't we ever? It, it, it was like, it, it was like seventh or eighth grade, so you don't know. I said, but do you understand why I was so attracted to you? Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm gonna guess it's because I was smart. I said, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And she was like, no, I understand that completely. She said, you were smart. You were on the same level as the other kids that I hang out, I hung out with. But they always treated you like you were stupid because you didn't do your work at school. I said, yeah, because I was a fucking bored. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the fucking world and I don't pretend to be. 
but I'm also not the dumbest, but I can carry myself in a conversation intelligently if I have to. And it blows people away. Like uh, one of one of the people that I know, he's like, how the fuck do you know this shit? I'm like, dude, I read books, you know? Yeah. And that's what I tell people. It's not my fault. I read a fucking book. And that's a lot of where I fucked up in school. My junior high and high yep. school is because mm-hmm. um, I was bored. I was bored exactly. in those classes. So I, too, did not do my work. And I got like in school suspension a lot because I wasn't handing in my nope. work. And it's like, nope. you're fucking boring me. And that's why I tell this is off subject of like sexual attractiveness, but that's no, 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 no. So that's why I tell like um, my youngest kid, he's, you know, ADHD. And and so that's Mm -hmm. why I tell his teachers, I'm like, you have to challenge him or he's not going to participate. And that's that's where like it was fucked up with me because instead of my parents getting on to me, why aren't you doing your work? Why aren't you doing your work? I'm fucking bored. Mm -hmm. But how do you tell your parents that as kids of like the 80s, you don't talk to your parents like that because you get smacked from here to tomorrow. Pretty much. I mean, having to do with my own mental health. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, dealing with my own mentally ill mother. The one thing she did do is she stood up for me in the fact that I'm not telling my son to dumb himself down for anyone. Fuck you. I wish my parents (laughs) had done that. I really Uh, do. Oh, yeah. My my mom was like, you know what? Fuck you. I ain't dumbing my... I'm not telling my son to dumb himself down. My mom flat out asked me, why aren't you doing your work? Because I'm fucking bored. Yeah. And, you know, it comes back to being intelligent. Sometimes intelligent, you know, and comes with intelligence, comes insanity. Signs that you may be a sapiosexual. You... You find someone attractive after reading something they wrote. Yep. Uh, you get turned on by listening to TED Talks. This is like loosely based, you guys, because I don't listen to TED Talks. Like, they're <laughs> not my thing. Um, right. Debating deep thoughts with somebody feels like foreplay. And it can. Oh, it did. Oh, with me it is. Um, somebody's point of view matters more to you than their appearance. Which is what you were talking about with that girl from school. Like, yeah. Exactly. You hate small talk. I think that is the biggest fucking thing for a sapiosexual. Is the small (laughs) talk. Yeah. Um, When you see your partner talking about something that they're good at, you find yourself aroused. Exactly. That also goes back into sexual attractiveness because in order to find your partner attractive, not only are these other little signs, not just sapiosexual, we'll get into other things, but their hobbies, when they're passionate about their hobbies, a lot of the times we're so turned on by that because you see the joy that it brings them when they're doing their hobbies. And that's why whenever I start dating somebody, I try to get into their hobbies or read up about their hobbies so that I can have conversations with them about their hobbies to be able to have them in that conversation and giving me passion back. That is an arousal for me too. And that's the biggest point with me is that one person that I would say that I am sexually attracted to right now is that they take what they do so seriously and it's they get dis- and they don't have to tell me they get discouraged sometimes the people around me or excuse me the people around them i can tell that they're getting discouraged because they love what they do Mm-hmm. And it's like I try to uh, I try to get into it, but I'm just like, eh, this isn't for me. But I get where you're coming from. 
Although, it, it, like you said, I want to hear how passionate they are about mm-hmm. something. If you're going to tell me about something, I want to know every little fucking thing about it that I can learn. Yep. Because then that means we can talk about it. It's, it's exactly what you said. That means we can talk about it. And I won't feel fucking just like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It, 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 it's like when somebody hands me a, it handed me back in, I think like 2010 or something like that. And they showed me this, they handed me this uh, invoice for a computer that they were building. I'm not impressed by all that shit. I'm, I'm not. It's nothing towards anybody. It's like, if I actually cared about this, I'd be impressed. It's nothing personal. I, I, if it's impressive to you, great, man. I, I'm happy for you, but I'm just not impressed by that shit. But if you just show me something like that, it doesn't show the passion behind it. When you show me that passion, that's when it gets my fucking, that's when it gets my juices flowing mm-hmm. in a way, mentally speaking. Let's not talk about biologically speaking. <laughs> and that also plays into you enjoy teaching things to your partner. Yes. As well. Yeah. The oh, yeah. nerdy characteristics in others have always been attractive to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you get turned off by grammar mistakes. That's a huge one. That's a oh, huge oh, one for me. The like the oh, writer, yeah, no. the writer in me, I'm like, ah, I, I I don't mind every once in a while with people abbreviating your for the U R, the letters of the U, the letter R. You know what I'm saying? No, that actually drives me nuts. I'm like, say the entire fucking word, dude. So I'm okay <laughs> with it as long as they're not doing it like all the time you know what i'm yeah. saying like i oh, yeah. i can let oh, it yeah. bypass every little bit you know especially if i know that they're like in a hurry you know yeah now see i don't i don't mind that but when you're doing it all the time i'm just like just stop talking mm-hmm. <laughs> tips for dating a sapiosexual oh here we go express and take interest in their hobbies which is what i do with my partners like i take interest in their hobbies uh, plan library or book club dates. Ooh. I like to read, but you necessarily don't have to do book club with me. No. I read things like medical books, uh, microbiology, human anatomy. I want to know how the body works so I can actually improve my own self-being. Mm-hmm. And my own, not self-worth, but my own well-being. And it helps me in the long run because then I can actually have a conversation with somebody being like, oh, you know, Bob, what do you feel about this? So that goes into ask them what their favorite book is and why. Yeah. There you go. Good one. I like that. Plan outings to discover new culture or ideas together. Talk to them about their profession. Learn a new skill together and discuss mm-hmm. your interest with them. That's amazing tips. I can I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. However, with my own, it's I'm really not into any one thing. I've got so many things that I'm into. Oh, you've seen mine. But, You're part of my Discord. Yeah, like you've yeah, seen right, my right. interest. <laughs> It's me. I'm just like, I have so many things that I'm interested in. It's like, I don't have one thing that I concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How sapiosexuality affects relationships. Oh. And this is going to be the last of sapiosexual that we're going right. to talk about. We're going to move on to other yeah. things. 
Yes, ma'am. Being a sapiosexual or having a sapiosexual partner can affect your relationship in a number of ways. For example, engaging in deep conversations and other intellectually stimulating activities will most likely be your way of connecting with one another. While your relationship with a partner may look different from those of your loved ones or friends, it's important that you remain true to yourself and your identity. And that's true with like any relationship, not just with mm-hmm. sapiosexuals, but with any relationship, if you're going into a relationship, be true to yourself. Just because you want to pick up on their hobbies or their interests to show that you want to be involved with what they're involved, stay mm-hmm. true to yourself, keep your same interests and hobbies. Because I find that it is important in a relationship that you can take on each other's hobbies, but there's also, I feel like to keep the bond and for growth, do your hobbies separately too. Because you may be at a certain point in your hobby that they're not 100% interested in and don't force them to do your hobbies with you. That is horrible. Never force somebody to do something that they don't want to do in any aspect of their life, but Mm -hmm. most importantly in hobbies because, you know, and that also goes into like, we could play into BDSM right now too. That also goes into like BDSM. If somebody, you know, there's soft limits and there's hard limits. Soft yeah. limits is something you're willing to try. Hard limits is an absolute fuck no. Yeah. But I say be open for everything whenever it comes to BDSM, especially if you've never tried it and you've only seen it on like movies or TV shows or porn or whatever. Yeah. At least try it before you knock it. Um, mm-hmm. There are things that I've done with a guy I never thought that I would never do in a hundred years. And I was actually like, oh my God. I wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> exactly. What's funny? What's funny is that before you mentioned BDSM, I w- we were on the same wavelength that I was going to say. <laughs> it's kind of like with BDSM. <laughs> Seriously, I was going to say kind of like with BDSM. Consent, mm-hmm. consent, consent. <laughs> yeah. Consent and you know safe words. Oh, yeah. Safe words. <laughs> yeah. Pineapple. There are. <laughs> There are different, I usually stick with the the simple red and yellow because it's just, it's universal. You know, if you're shouting red, that means fucker, you better be stopping. Uh, If you're like yellow, it's like pull the fuck back. It's just universal and I just stick with it. I don't like coming up with different safe words. Exactly. Uh, What does sexual attraction feel like? Sexual attraction is a feeling that sexual people get that cause them desire sexual contact with a specific other person. I like that. I really do because it makes you it makes you kind of dig a little bit deeper than just saying, oh, it's because of this. No, it's I like that. I like that. So what determines sexual attraction? Sexual attraction is what drives who we desire sexually. It's a very personal experience, sometimes influenced by how someone smells, age, or whether alcohol and drugs are involved. Sexual attraction is determined by a combination of biological, social factors, psychological, 
and some people don't feel sexually attracted to others at all. Which is what is considered to be asexual. asexual. Yep, it is. Now, the different types of attraction, we'll touch on these very quickly because we're just talking about sexual attraction. So there is sexual attraction, Mm -hmm. which is a desire for contact involving genitals as in sex with a specific person. Mm-hmm. Sensual attraction is a desire for physical contact, such as hugs, kisses with a specific person. I like that. Romantic attraction, a desire to have what is considered a romantic relationship with a specific person. Platonic attraction, a desire to have a platonic relationship with a specific person. And aesthetic attraction, getting pleasure from the appearance of a specific person, as in getting pleasure from watching a beautiful scenery. Porn. Porn is what it is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, for lack of a better term, yes. I mean, watching two people fucking, you know, there you go. Yeah. Knowing the difference between lust and love. I wanted to throw this in here really quickly. Yes, please. Because it is, there is a huge difference. And then they're not like so far off. People get them confused all the oh. time. So the difference between lust and love, lust is driven by sexual attractiveness, a physical service level relationship, meaning it could be like one night stands, disinterest in truly knowing the person. So you're not interested in what they're about, what their hobbies are, what their political views are. You're not interested in any of that. Like you are just seriously wanting to fuck that person and that's it. Like fuck them and leave them. Exactly. It's like, not sorry to see you go, but I'm sure glad you came. (laughs) Uh, Love. Love is driven by strong emotions, a Mm. deep intimate relationship and interest in forming a strong bond. So you you got to know when to leave them and know when to keep them because it's two different things. Just know the difference and how to cope with them. Exactly. I mean, being uh, both of us being married, I think that really does give us a well, previously married. Thank you very much. Okay, fine. <laughs> previously married (laughs) it gives us both a unique perspective on that particular aspect Mm -hmm. yeah signs of lust you Mm. yearn for them sexually you don't want to soothe them on bad days your daydreams mostly include sexual fantasies the relationship dynamics are unhealthy not 100% true, but it depends on if it, both parties are on the same page. If they're not exactly. on the same page, then that's when it becomes unhealthy. Um, you don't prioritize intimacy. So if it's if it's just wanting to be a fucking done, don't get me wrong because I'm 100% about foreplay, but don't expect foreplay if it's just a fucking and going. Like if it's a one night stand, just... <laughs> I, I know how important foreplay is. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. I love it. Hey, and here. I 100% feel like even if you're just going to fuck them for the night, there should be foreplay. But don't expect foreplay if it's just a, hey, I just want to fuck you and go. Now, me personally, I enjoy the fuck out of foreplay. Sometimes I enjoy foreplay more than I actually like sex with the person. I mean, I do too. But I'm just saying, don't 
that's what I mean by don't prioritize intimacy because there's not necessarily going to be foreplay. There's not going to be, oh, of course not. No. you know, uh, signs of love. Your emotions are in Ooh. sync. The connection is more than skin deep. Sacrificing isn't a big deal to you. You communicate well. You respect one another's boundaries. I feel that that is 100% true because if you're just going to like one and done them, you're not going to have like the deep connections. You're not going to have like the communication. So I feel like if it's like a one and done, it's more Mm. of like a surface level attractiveness. Right. So now, do you consider that to be physical attraction or what would you consider that to be? Well, physical attraction. That's what I mean. Exterior. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if you're going to just, I mean, it could, it, de- it also depends on if there's drugs and alcohol involved too, because if there's drugs and alcohol that could, you know, uh, change the appearance being- of somebody else, the way that you see them, you know, physically. Now, being a bouncer, I can attest to that fact. Although one of the funniest things I've ever heard as a bouncer going to close up for the night and the lights come up, all of a sudden I hear, and I quote, ah, I want my number back. Dude, I've never fucking laughed so hard in my life. But it was about, yeah, sure, you're attracted to this person. All of a sudden when the lights come up, nope. And, it, it, you know, it's it's just one of those things. Is that you can feel like you can be attracted to somebody and you you think you are, but then the lights come up and okay. <laughs> That's why you don't sleep over at a one night stand. <laughs> right? You don't. It's a, and sometimes they, you know, that alcohol kind of fucks with your uh, kind of fucks with your brain and makes them think they're a lot better looking than they are, and they turn out to be coyote ugly. <laughs> exactly. That's the movie. Mm-hmm. that I was thinking of too because yep. I was like what was that one where that girl was talking about yep. she'd rather chew off her arm yeah. than <laughs> wake up off. that person yeah, yeah. Yep. that's 100% what it is so uh, just yeah. don't make the mistake of being like oh well I'm so drunk I'm just gonna stay here or nope. yeah don't it's make that mistake find, find a fucking taxi find a taxi exactly. and Uber yeah that's why I'm, I'm glad Uber and Lyft exist because back when I was bouncing there was no Uber, it was just cabs. Mm-hmm. And there was many a times where I had to call a cab for a girl. And it's yeah. like, it, or a guy that I knew, it was like, okay, you know, it, it, make sure that you call this number with, you know, after you get done what you're doing and go home. I will look, and they would give me their keys. They would call me in the morning. Hey, can I come get my keys? Sure, there you go. It's because I knew them so well. Yeah. It wasn't because I was trying to keep them away, but I'm just like here, you know, and I'd meet him the next morning. Uh, some of those are some of the women I did have a one night stand with, but we knew it was because I was a bouncer and that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So seven signs that you have sexual chemistry with somebody. Ooh, I'm going to love this one. They make eye contact with you. Yes. When someone makes eye contact with you, that's a key sign they're attentive and interested in what you have to say. Now, just because someone is appearing that they are interested in what you have to say and they're being attentive, does that mean that they have other motive behind that to just having one nice stand? Do not mistake that for them falling in love with you. Of course not, no. It's about attraction. Mm -hmm. 
you're attractive enough to let me stick my dick in you, but you're not attractive for me to have a long-term relationship. On a regular, yeah. (laughs) You feel physically drawn towards them. You can't keep your hands off each other. Oh. Which comes back to, like, all of these have to play in with each other. So you have to, I feel like you have to see that mm-hmm. person and be attracted to them to even want to approach them. And then once you get close enough to them, then you could feel the chemistry between you two. And, you know, then I feel like it kind of turns into a physical touch. So that's my way of like flirting with somebody. I'll like touch their shoulder or um, I have done with somebody before while I was flirting with them, they had a beard that it it was like a scruffy beard you know what i'm saying it wasn't like a long beard it was just scruffy and i was like can i touch your beard and that was a way for me to touch them with their permission Mm. um because i try not to touch people because today today things are so weird like you can get into so much trouble just for fucking barely touching somebody on the shoulder or something so i try not to touch people unless i have permission so that was my way of getting permission to like touch him you know and to f- keep flirting with them. I think my usual response is, can I touch your beard is, can I touch your boobs? Oh. You're like, no, no, then you can't touch my beard. It's 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 a give and take. You can't just touch my no, beard. No, if being, that was a thing. Able- <laughs> I 100% would. It, like if I'm feeling the chemistry between that person and I'm like, hey, can I touch your beard? And they're like, well, can I touch your boobs? I'm like, please, you know, make sure you squeeze the nipples. Oh, no. Okay, no, okay. We got to get out of the way. We got to wait from that because that's one of my favorite things to do. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> they angle their body towards you. Yes. Biggest indicator. Biggest, biggest indicator. Yeah. Well, the reason I say that is because I know how to read body language very, very well. Not I just not and i think you know what i think that's because we're aries i just think we we naturally do it Mm -hmm. but also mine is from being able to read my mother's uh mental illness for years but then i started picking up on it as being a teenager and a young adult now one of the biggest things is if she starts pointing your feet towards you it's an indicator of hey i want to sit here and talk with you Mm -hmm. but that's why i try to look them up and down when i can and if they're pointed away, that means I want to get the fuck away from you. Yep. So, and the other thing is, if they are, if they like take one foot and they put it over the other, that's another huge thing. Yep. Another huge thing about them wanting to stay right there with you because they don't want to move. And it also, don't get it confused with though, because I do that a lot. If I'm mm-hmm. unsure of your mm. chemistry with me, I will Fair point. Fair one point. leg, oh, not not cross-legged. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about sitting like a lady. I'm talking mm-hmm. about both of my feet are on the ground, but I have, I usually mm-hmm. will sit with my right arm on my left. My ankle crossing mm-hmm. is where I'm talking about, ankle crossing. Yeah. So if I'm unsure about you or I can't read your chemistry, but I wanna stay there and mm-hmm. try a little bit longer, and that's I what I was going to say. There's yeah. also that other side of it. That's basically, I don't mean to sound crass about it, but it's, yeah, you're not getting in this pussy, so I'm going to go ahead and... I feel like that's a leg crossing. <laughs> yeah. Not an ankle crossing. I feel like yeah. that's a leg crossing. Because I feel oh, yeah. like if a woman yeah. is, like, truly attracted to you, she's not going to close off like that. Arm exactly. crossing. Arm crossing is another 
if they are shielding their body like that, they are Any not the into it. Yeah, not into it at all. That is, that is one thing I have learned. And I'm like, and I'm like, it, it, it's it, when I pick up on that, and they they don't realize that I do. I'll start uh, dialing shit back, and then it'll, it, you know, they'll uncross their arms. Yep. And I'm like, and it's, and I pick up on that, so I start another direction. And I've had, I've sat and I've watched women, like, I know I'm going in the wrong direction when that happens, and so then I change. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how the fuck do you do that? I'm like, because every body language. Yep. Like the other thing, if you ever notice, and this is for guys and if for girls, because you know, guys, girls do like girls, watch their feet. And I know that sounds crazy. Watch their feet. If they're sitting and they have their shoe dangling off one of their toes, this is a really good indicator of them. They want to get being, naked. They want to get naked with you. Yep. It really is. It's something that I picked up on again being a bouncer and i could tell these things and she was like when did you realize that i was going to sleep with you and i told her when you started taking your shoes off in front of me you started dangling from your toes she goes she was like what i was like no seriously mm-hmm. she was like how the fuck did you pick it up with, uh, that quickly i said because every body language <laughs> i was like, she was like no how did you pick it up that quickly i was like okay scientific fact here it's a predecessor to wanting to be, and like you said, wanting to be naked. Yep. It's taking your, uh, it's like when you go into somebody's home and you take off your shoes, means not that you want to get naked with them or anything. You're just comfortable, you comfortable there. Yep. You feel comfortable enough to start taking off a part of your clothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, it really does, de- and again, it really does depend on the person. But if you're able to read body language really well, I guarantee we'll get laid. I'd say 80% of the time, if you read body language more than you, than you listen to the person more than you actually, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for here? You can read more out of a person with body language than any word could ever fucking convey. Any word coming out of their mouth. Yep. Yep. They could be saying no the entire time, but their body is definitely saying, they'll eventually say yes, because their body is getting a clue. Because we're creatures of habit. When we're comfortable, we do certain things. When we're not comfortable, we do certain things. We're we're creatures of habit. So I may sit there and tell you no, but I'm sitting there like giggling or like uh, being Mm -hmm. flirty. Like my body language is just very flowy and, you know, not tensed up. I'm I'm a yes. I could tell you that you just got to keep on with that game and keep talking to me. And then I'll be like, all right, let's go. Um, Another sign is they'll lean in close when they talk to you. And I do this too. I I want to feel if there is sexual attraction and like chemistry, sexual chemistry, I want to feel that because that's a fucking turn on for me because I'm like, oh yeah. And like, feel it i don't like when people blow in my ear or kiss on my ear but if you're whispering in my ear that is totally fucking different that's like a feeling your breath on my neck kind of situation and i'm just like oh can we can we go now <laughs> can we leave you know, right well it's just like with me that a lot of women pick up on my voice and it's like that's what they have told me i am sexually attracted to your voice Mm. However, I'm like, I don't understand why. I feel like I'm annoying <laughs> half the time. I feel like the I same said, way. I, it, it's like when I get that voice down low, 
and they mm -hmm. actually they when i when i bring it down to that gravelly tone it's like boom they pick it up and it's like why don't you do that all the time i'm like well that well, it's like because it hurts my throat <laughs> after, after, I, I know it, after a while if you don't talk like that normally it fucking kills your throat to do it mm -hmm. i feel like that's an aries thing i do indeed <laughs> I um the conversation is flirty so there's if you're both easily throwing out flirtatious banter, it means that there's serious sexual chem chemistry. You can't stop laughing. And that's the thing that oh, I was God. saying, like when I'm flowy and I'm laughing, I may be saying <laughs> no, but if I'm <laughs> laughing, you fucking got me right there. You've got yeah. me right <laughs> in that instant. A girl loves a guy who can make her laugh. We really do. We really do. When you really think about it, attraction, it, it doesn't necessarily end in sex. Mm -hmm. It always can. It can always end up in friendship, right? Although you can always end up with friends with benefits. It uh -huh. ends up in some type of relationship, even if it isn't quote unquote a relationship. It's having that person in your life mm -hmm. and having them there, uh, not as somebody you can fuck, but somebody who you can actually conversate with and you know you don't get judged you don't get uh belittled you actually have somebody that has your back you know that is somebody that i have in my life right now like we met um role playing and he's still a very like present person in my life and we will sit there like we could go fucking months without talking months without talking but we know that we're present in each other's lives but as soon as we start talking in like that fucking flirtiness that sexual tension is there all over again it doesn't matter who i'm with or who i'm dating but whenever this particular person comes back i'm just like and he does that thing with his voice too he does like and he knows it he knows because I've had him do it like one time and now he knows that that is something that he can do with his voice. And so anytime we're like in a call together or talking together or whatever, he'll lean in really close to his microphone. He'll go deep and he'll just I'm like, OK, you've got to stop right now. Stop <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I have had I have many women tell me you've got to stop talking like mm -hmm. that. I, I don't mean to. It's just something I slip into and not even realize it. Oh, no, he <laughs> does it to fucking get me in a certain frame of mind. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter who I'm well, with because it's not something that we do physically. This is something yeah. that we do like distantly. So it's not somebody that I would actually meet up with and like cheat on my partner with. But mm -hmm. I also don't see it as cheating because we have a right. friendship dynamic that's like that. And he knows just how to get to me. I don't feel like it's cheating in any way, shape or form, you know, and yeah, sometimes I, people consider just flirting back and forth to be cheating. And that's now, stupid because I'm a very and that's why I tell people I'm a very flirtatious person. When I get into a relationship with somebody, I'm like, look. I'm flirty. I flirt mm -hmm. with guys. I flirt with fucking girls. I flirt mm -hmm. with everybody. I'm not exclusive to anyone. So it's like you either take and accept the fact that I am flirty, but I'm not going anywhere, or you fucking leave me alone. Is kind of how it is. And I hate being the kind of person that's like, take it or leave it. But that's the one thing, the one thing that I'm like that with. Mm -hmm. And my biggest thing is that when it comes to the women that I have been with, I'm not going to 
talk about my fucking body count or anything. It I had to be attracted to them for me to fuck them. They're with the exception of the one night stands when being a bouncer. There there mm-hmm. had to be something there. Right. But it's it, like after me and my ex-wife uh, separated. Um like the trainer that I was working with at this job, and I've, I don't know if I've told you this story before. She would constantly be touching me and, you know, rubbing my back and everything. And I, I didn't have the heart to, t- you know, it finally came out that I was married and all that stopped. But in the same, in the same instance, it was like at the time I kind of had a hall pass, if, if for lack of a better term. Um, and I was trying to reciprocate, but, you know, being married and trying to be loyal to my ex-wife at the time, it was awkward for me because I'm like, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? You know, and it, it, I could I could see this. The, the sexual attraction was there. I mean, there was no doubt about yeah. it. And I, you know, when I, I talked to her these days and she was like, why didn't you tell me you were married in the first place? I was like, because I enjoyed the attention. I'm, I wasn't going to lie to her. Mm-hmm. I, I, I told her, I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoy the attention. I'm, I'm not going to bullshit you. That's how I... It, it, and it's narcissistic. Mm-hmm. It's a little narcissistic. But at the time, I felt like I needed that, you know? Yeah. And later on, I had another person that was there. That one, it, at first, she wasn't interested in me. But something happened... And she got real fucking friendly. And I'm not just talking friendly, friendly. I'm talking to the point where everybody knew that one of these days we were going to fuck. Ooh. But nobody said anything. We would flirt a lot at work. She had a man. I'd met him before and we had talked and we had connected. And I felt I didn't feel bad that I was flirting with her or anything. But I would have felt bad if I would have if I would eventually would have fucked her. Yeah. Because he was a good guy. I, I, I didn't want to take away from that. And I'm like, fuck my life. Why do I have to be this asshole? You know, why do I have to be an asshole? Why can't I be a fucking asshole? You know? And it was one of those things. Is like we we connected on being intelligent. We connected on... It, I found her attractive. She found me attractive because of my long hair and my beard. And she told me that. She said, I'm attracted to the fact that you look like a fucking Viking. You look like a biker. And I'm like, well, good. <laughs> At that time, and also, and that was also the time that when my ex-wife left him, it left me, I lost a lot of fucking weight. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, she started noticing that and she said, that's what attracted me you, to you, me to you more and more is because you were losing all that weight. And I was like, well, that's good to know. <laughs> I was like, you know, and it, it, we did have a talk one day and it was like, why didn't we ever fuck? Mm-hmm. And she was like, trust me, I wanted to. She was like, and, and I told her, so did I. She said, why didn't, she was like, why didn't we ever fuck? And I said, I think mostly it was on me because I had met this, I had met your boyfriend who is now her husband. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to hurt him. I said, that that was my biggest obstacle is him. I didn't know if you guys had an open marriage, an open relationship, blah, blah, blah. She said, yeah, if we probably, if we would have fucked, I, it would have been cheating on him. And I said, that's what stopped me is that I didn't want you to cheat on him, even though I said, let's be really honest here. If it would have gone any further, we probably would have ended up fucking. And she goes, yeah, we would have. There was no doubt about it. Yeah. But that's the main thing, too, is that um, if it feels wrong, you guys, then it's wrong. Exactly. If it feels wrong, it is wrong. I do want to read from this article that I found that I am going to leave (laughs) 
in the okay. description. I'll leave the link because I am citing an article. Mm -hmm. It is how to create sexual tension with women. <laughs> so it's a by this guy. It's a dating coach for men <laughs> named Gary Gunn. Uh, it is called Social Attraction. But this particular one is, talks about sexual tension, how to build it with women. Um, what is sexual tension? In essence, sexual tension is when there is a sexual desire from one person to another that has not yet resulted in sex. Why is it important? Tension is important because it allows you to generate instinctive responses in women that will enable you to progress your relationship together. And it goes on to how to make a woman want you sexually. And it talks about like Darwin's sexual oh. selection theory, how to enhance emotion connection. And it goes into other things with it, how to create it. It talks about um, it's created when there is a desire to have sex with someone. Therefore, to create sexual tension with a woman, you have to accordingly kindle a desire for her to want to have sex with you. However, for the first time, I am going to be writing about a more powerful way to create sexual tension with women. This is through seductive storytelling. He quotes somebody mm -hmm. named Dr. James Dobson, and it's the steps of intimacy. Step one is eye to body. Second one is eye to eye. Third one is voice to voice. Fourth one is hand to hand. Fifth is hand to shoulder. Six is hand to waist. Seven is face to face, like the first kiss. Eight is hand-to-hand, -hand, and that takes place during the next kissing phase. Nine is hand-to-body. Ten is mouth-to-breast. Eleven oh, yeah. is touching below the waist. And then twelve is intercourse. You guys, there are so many wonderful things in here. And it's not even just, like, men who can read this article. Women, you could take this and you could flip it. Find oh, very course. seductive ways to turn that man on by using these same techniques that they're oh, yeah. going to use on us. I mean, don't feel like just because he's talking, you know, directing oh, yeah. it towards men that you can't use some of this. I believe that any advice for the other sex can always be flipped around and be used by the opposite. Yep. So he goes into how to tell seductive stories. Pausing is there's nothing more boring than someone telling a story without any form of engagement from the listener. So asking her to imagine each step of the process will accordingly increase her participation. So a few examples. They got eye contact and knew right away that they liked each other. Have you ever felt this? So you're pausing, so you're asking a question to this person to get their engagement back. And that's, you know, it's kind of off topic. It's but not, this is though. also what makes like a successful... Well, no, this is... This is... Also, you have to take things like this into consideration to make a successful podcast, too. Exactly. Like anything in life, you know, to have something be successful, you got to take some of these steps and add it to it. So what Jamie and I do a lot of the times is I'll tell a story or tell something and then I'll pause waiting for him to input or whoever else is on the panel. Like we'll pause, we'll wait for them to input and then we'll continue on. And that's 
that's success in everything, not just building sexual tension. That's just human nature, you guys. You've got to like pause and let the other person talk too. I mean, nobody wants to hear somebody fucking talk about themselves relentlessly. That, that to me, that yeah. talking about that, that's a huge turnoff. If you continually talk about yourself, I'm going to sit there humbly, which I never do. Um, I'm going to sit there until I'm just like, you know what? This ain't going to work. And I don't say that outwardly. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Well, I'm glad I met you. That That is my, I don't want to see, see you again, kind of. <laughs> I have telltale signs yep. too, but I'm not going to say it because certain people listen yeah. to this shit. I was going to say, if I say the words, well, I'm glad I met you. Uh, well, uh, uh, nice meeting you or something to that effect means I do not want to talk to you again. It's because you have bored the living shit out of me and I'm done. Yep. The next step is pacing. Mm. So a seductive story can and should be told over a period of an evening or a few hours. You guys build that up because the next step is tension. So more importantly, there is no sexual tension at the end. Then there's no point in telling a seductive story. If you cannot build up that tension, that's with any good storytelling. If you can't build up attention to the your reader or your listener, then fuck all. You shouldn't even be doing it. And that's <laughs> my biggest thing is that if if I capture an audience, like I have been told, like when I was in when I was in college, my professor was sitting in the back of the room and she goes, "Did you notice something?" I was like, "No." What do you mean? She goes, "When you were talking," I was like, "No." She goes. I looked around and these people were listening intently to you. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? They go, they, they were like, she was like, you need to do something where you're talking on a constant basis. Because I was like, well, I, you know, I do work, you know, I do work a phone job. She goes, you should probably look into something more than that. Like going into radio work or something else. I was like, well, you know, I've, I've uh, dabbled in doing radio work and shit. But it's about how you capture your audience, draw them yep. in, and pull them, and they not and they don't realize that you are literally to use a Star Wars reference here. You've got them in a tractor beam, and you're pulling them in, and they can't help it. It's like they get so fucking engrossed in what you're saying. That's not Star Wars. That's Star Trek. No, that's Star Wars. Tractor beam. The tractor yeah. beams. That's where Star. No, that's mm. where Star Wars Star is. Trek. So I will include that link in the description so that you guys can check it out. Plus, because I cite it so much from that article, I want to give him credit because it is Gary Gunn who created that and wrote it. But this is going to conclude Sexual Attraction Episode 5. The Discord link is going to be in our bio. Yes, ma'am. On Saturdays on Twitch, we have Saturday sessions, although the last three Saturdays have kind of been hectic and messy. Yep. It's going to be every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to upload our podcast every Monday. There has been issues the last couple of weeks, so we didn't upload, but it will from now on. There is also a Google form for any questions or stories that you would like to include. You can be anonymous or have your name or give a fake name. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Be safe, be cool, love each and every one of you. Just don't fuck each other or we're okay. Be good people. All right, bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen. To the speaker, thank you for your bravery. And thanks for listening. This was Confessions in Session.